So this title might be a little bit confusing, but when I say reparations for slavery game plan, I'm ac I actually mean this lecture, Reparations for Slavery, uh, disputed by a philosopher. It's a lecture that I want to play on Colin, and then I want to pause it, and I, ideally I want to com you know, comment on it, and then I also want to take questions from the audience, and I just, I just did an experiment where I tried to do this. And I was playing it from a from YouTube um, on my iPhone using Safari. I was going back and forth, and it seemed like when people you know joined the call, it actually seemed like the audio then went out. So the audio was working, uh, and then someone would join the call, and it would cut out. So I'm thinking my game plan here is to play it in a private um, a private uh, you know show because I want to I want to air the episode. And I don't even really want to tell you who the, the lecturer is uh, because I don't want this to be canceled by YouTube or something like that. Uh, but, you know, if you really want to know, you can DM me. <laughs> but I'm not going to announce it just so a bunch of lefties can can help, you know, can, can, can uh, petition YouTube to take it down. I'm actually surprised that it's still on YouTube, but it's a great, great lecture. And I want to play it here. Uh, partially because I want to spread the word. I hope that this thing doesn't get deleted. Uh, but, you know, I have personally, I, of course, I have a copy, you know, YouTube, you know, DL. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I want it to, I want it to, I want the arguments to, uh, to get out there. I, I really hope that uh, people um, who haven't been exposed to these arguments against reparations uh, might find this interesting. I'd like to hear from callers. I'd like to comment on, you know, what I think about these arguments personally. And so I think I'll do that by recording the episode where I just uh, record it privately, you know, so that, because I did do a test and when I'm doing it privately, it, the audio comes through. So I'll do that. And then I'll, I'll also do a separate episode where I'll link to, you know, the lecture so people can listen to it. But hopefully uh, I can also take questions about people who, you know, want to talk about the arguments or want to challenge the arguments. I, I welcome debate. <laughs> I like to argue. And so I hope that other people like to argue, too. And I'm open to all ideas and arguments, again, you know, for and against reparations, of course. Uh, but you know, of course it's going to be a little bit biased in that this guy is presenting a case against reparations. So, but, but I still welcome, you know, arguments for it. Uh, <clears throat> so that's my game plan. Uh, I'm not going to do that here. I'm just, this is the, the episode where I'm talking about my game plan going, you know, for, for future, uh, people who, you know, want to listen to the lecture or the episode where I do, you know, take questions or even comment myself. Uh, and I, I hope I, I really want to do a deep dive. I really want to take this uh, bit by bit. I want to dissect every argument he makes. And even in the last episode, I think I went too long before commenting, but it was more like an experiment where I was testing out whether people could even hear the audio and then back and forth between me, you know, commenting. But he makes some great cases. And I'll just give you a teaser here <laughs> that I think is great that I haven't heard anyone else make. And that is the case that a lot of a lot of people say, well, it's too expensive uh, to pay for reparation. It would be too expensive, you know, and, you know, right now 
we have huge deficits, energy costs, you know, are going up, we have inflation, how can we possibly afford, you know, this, this kind of reparations that blacks want whites to pay? And, uh, you know, well, of course the government can print money, but of course this is still an expense that we all have to pay for. And, and, you know, uh, but, but if we go down that line of reasoning, and this is the argument that this philosopher makes, if we go down this line of reasoning, we concede the argument. We're conceding that we should pay. It's just a question of how much and when and, and the schedule of the payments. You know, what kind of payment plan do we need? I mean, if it's going to be very expensive, maybe we'll be paying for 100 years. I mean, for, you know, <laughs> what is the payment plan going to be? But that concedes the argument. If you say, oh, it's too expensive, reparations, we just can't afford it. And this is the only argument that you present as, as you know, an argument against reparations. You've already conceded too much. And this is a very important argument. <laughs> and there's other, there's, there's other equally good or better arguments that this guy makes. You know, he's a philosopher, he's a professor, and I, I'll give you a little bit more. This argument was made, you know, this lecture was made right after 9-11, so it's not even, you know, new, it's, it's a dated lecture. But what's interesting about it is they were talking about reparations back then, right? And how, oh, well, 9-11 just happened, and, you know, the, the dot-com bubble, happening and so i could see how how you know white people were saying well we can't afford it right now we're in a recession or there's there's some reparations was being discussed back then but it was it's it's a lot I mean, it could get through. And I would say the number one reason why it could get through is because, and this is me, not the philosopher talking, is that our morality has changed. Our morality back then, you know, we might have had a little bit of self-sacrifice, but we definitely do today. It's all about self-sacrifice. And when you have this morality, you know, prevalent that we should self-sacrifice ourselves, right? We should give to Russia, sorry, we should give to Ukraine so they can fight the Russians, even though it hurts us, even though... So self-sacrifice means, it doesn't mean charity. It doesn't mean that you're, you're helping someone. It means that you are willing to put your own interests uh, at risk. You know, you're willing to sacrifice to others uh, to, to, quote unquote, help for a noble cause. And uh, this is the, the, you know, prevalent uh, you know, if you want to call it a psychology, if you want to call it a moral, I, I, I tend to call it a morality. And this is what I think is driving uh, pretty much um, a lot of policy right now, where we have this idea that we should be helping Ukraine fight the Russians, even though we gain nothing. And it's not even that we don't gain anything, it's that we lose, right? We're actually shooting ourselves in the foot. And you should not be expected to help a country 
you know, if your own citizens can't afford it, are having to pay higher gas prices, et cetera, et cetera. And this is the morality that Black people right now are using in order to push this idea of reparations. This is the, the entire purpose, in my opinion, of CRT. This is the entire purpose of, you know, trying to um, blame white people, right? Call them oppressors and, and basically shame them or guilt trip them into this idea that they owe black people something. <laughs> they just naturally owe them something, even though they've done nothing to them, right? Even though they've done nothing to them, uh, if you can guilt white people, you know, and shame them into, into this idea that they owe them something and they should self-sacrifice for them, then that sets up this idea that reparations can be passed and it's, it's, it can be passed. And so while I, I love this lecture that this philosopher gives, um, I don't actually know if he talks about self-sacrifice, but I think in my opinion, this is like the, the root of the issue that I see currently today. And of course he gave this lecture in like, you know, 2000, 2001, right after the terrorist attacks. Uh, but they've been pushing, rep they've been pushing apparently the reparation button for at least that long. You know, I was a kid back then. Of course, I didn't know about this issue. <laughs> I knew about 9-11, right? Because it was all over the news. But I didn't know about the fact that even, you know, black people back then were pushing the reparation issue. I had no idea. Uh, but it's interesting to me that they, they've been pushing it for at least since that, that time period. And I have to assume that they have been pushing pushing for it, you know, before then. Um, you know, probably ever since they got the Civil Rights Act passed, I'm guessing that's when they probably started pushing pushing this issue pretty hard. Uh, you know, and it's just a matter of time. Like if they just keep knocking on the door and then the, the, the morality of the country changes... We go from a, an individualist society, one of self-sacrifice, one of I'm willing to help other people, but not at my expense, which is what I believe. I believe in, you know, charity and stuff, but private charity, right? And I believe that you should only be giving to the extent that it doesn't hurt your own family, you know, hurt yourself. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in, in, in you know, what, what, what I describe this as, as self-sacrifice to others. Um, uh, you know, that, that basically hurts yourself, hurts your own interests. And I think this country has, has succumbed to this ideology. And you can see this elsewhere. You can see this in this idea that, um, you know, wealth generators, people, you know, people of industry, you know, capitalists, they're vilified in this country, right? They're vilified and who's celebrated, you know, quote unquote, the poor victims, even criminals. We've, we've, we have degraded in society, in the society. Like, so at one point, the poor, right? Just the poor, neutral, you know, they weren't, they weren't necessarily good. They weren't necessarily, necessarily criminals. Let's just call them neutral. They were put on a pedestal, right? The poor. Well, yeah, we should help the poor. We should, you know, the down, downtrodden, now we've degraded to saying, you know, George Floyd, right? A criminal, right? He's a criminal. 
and, and now we're supposed to celebrate him. We're supposed to celebrate criminals. We're supposed to reform the justice system. Uh, people who have been rightly convicted, right? And this, there's this, you know, movement to overturn all of these convictions. And what you see time and time again is that most of these people are actually guilty. You know, maybe a politician, you know, exonerates them, right? Which doesn't actually prove them innocent. It just sort of commutes their sentence. It just sort of says, I pardon you, right? But now we're supposed to celebrate criminals. Why? <laughs> what, you know, and, and George Floyd, you know, he's a criminal, but he's also black. And so there's this whole victim, you know, mentality that some races should be, should be put on a pedestal that they should have, they should be in this, you know, a, you know the first in this, this hierarchy and that we should like worship them and that we can't say anything bad about black people uh, just because they're blacks. So we have this whole, you know, racial hierarchy going on, this victim oppressor, you know, thing kind of going on. But also there's the criminal, criminal element of this, right? So we're supposed to celebrate criminals now. We're, so, you know, we're not just supposed to celebrate the poor, which was bad enough. Like, so the poor shouldn't be despised necessarily, but they shouldn't be celebrated. Well, like, what have they done morally good? They've just, they're just poor. Okay. Maybe it's no fault of their own, but why would you celebrate that? Why would you celebrate somebody who hasn't created wealth or hasn't created, you know, human flourishing for other people, right? Because if you're in a capitalist society, and I, I grant that, you know, the United States right now is not just capitalist, we're a mixed economy, you know, we're moving towards more statism. But why would we celebrate somebody who, who hasn't been innovative, who hasn't created something of value that other people, you know, want to buy that, you know, would, would make them wealthy in theory, if you live under, you know, a capitalist system, why do we celebrate that? But we, we did, and we still do. But now we're throwing in criminals. Now we're throwing in, you know, we're celebrating criminals. Uh, why? <laughs> I, I don't understand quite that leap of logic, but I understand the fact that, you know, right now most people agree with the self-sacrifice doctrine that you should help poor people, you should help, you know, and you should help victims of quote-unquote oppression. Probably this is what they tend to do is they tend to think, well, if you're incarcerated, you're probably, you're probably a criminal only because you're poor. There's no other way and we should feel bad for you. So we should really just let you out of prison and in self-sacrifice, like give up our, our lives and wealth and work for them. Basically give our tax dollars to support the poor, uh, you know, which technically harms you in your own family's happiness and your own family's ability to, you know, have a good life and, and do the things you want to do with, with property that you rightly own. Uh, so it's this, it's this corrupt moral ideology that I think is that the root of all of this stuff that we need to, to, so the only way to change a moral, you know, ideology that's wrong is to give people a moral ideology that's right, but that's going to be very, very difficult, uh, to do. Um, you know, we need to teach people to be individualists, to, to have self-interest and to not have this idea that they should be self-sacrificing for anybody. I think if you could convince people that they shouldn't want to be slaves for other people, maybe that would resonate with some people, but I don't know if that would even take. Uh, but I think that what people are going to experience 
is they're not going to really look at the psycho. Sorry, that I, you know, the ph- philosophical argument of this. What they're going to do is they're going to feel the crunch. They're going to say, "Hey, my white guy, I've never oppressed a black person. I've never, never done anything wrong to a black guy, and yet my costs are going up. I can barely survive. Uh, my wages, you know, buy less, buy less stuff. I can't afford energy. I can't afford food. You know, we have inflation rising." And we have black, we have black people have the gall, you know, at this time, at this age, right, to tell me that I owe them money. And I understand, you know, maybe they would even say to themselves, you know, maybe white people do owe black people, but, you know, only if we can afford it, maybe they buy that argument. But you know what, they're not going to buy that argument when there's themselves are struggling. Like, let's, let's see, you know, in the test of self-sacrifice in this country is really going to come to are people, are white people really willing to go hungry for blacks? Like, are they really willing to give people, like, to vote for black people that want reparations in this country when they themselves are really struggling? You know, I'm just curious, like, are they willing to go that far or are they only willing to do so if they themselves are comfortable, right? If they themselves can feed themselves and their family, like, if they're not worried about their future, if they're not worried about an economic, you know, depression, Because I think that when push comes to shove, most white people are going to start getting very angry at blacks, right? Because they're demanding reparations and they're doing so at a time when white people probably, you know, I'm saying white people, but basically the whole country, you know, is on the hook for these reparations because it's going to, you know, come in the form of sort of a government expense and the people that pay for government are taxpayers. So basically everybody who's a taxpayer, Asian, Hispanic, et cetera white are going to have to pay for black reparations if they do so get them. Uh, and they might very well might. I think there's a good, I think there's a good possibility they might, but I think it might be very unpopular. But the thing is, is that, that all kinds of laws right now are passed that are very unpopular. I don't think that anyone would concede today that, you know, giving Ukraine billions of dollars to go fight a war that they're probably going to lose that U S has no interest in and that directly harm, you know, U S citizens via, you know, Putin's, uh, Biden's um, sanctions on oil and gas that, that, you know, contribute to the rising price of energy for American citizens. I don't think anyone would say that they like this policy, yet it, it got passed by all of these elite politicians who we know have their little grimy fingers in the pot who are probably getting some kind of, you know, backroom deal here, uh, you know, for some, you know, they're being bribed, bribed, obviously, through through some mechanism. Uh, so otherwise they wouldn't have passed it, but we can, we can pretty much, I think, agree that most Americans would not be okay. They were not okay with this passing. So politicians can pass laws that are vastly unpopular with the pop, you know, broader population, but that might, might be popular with, you know, an elite class. And I would say that the George Floyd BLM, you know, black people are the best and and should get reparations. This whole, you know, argument, uh, is very popular with elite white people. It's obviously very popular with most black people. Uh, but everyone else sort of hates BLM, right? They sort of hate what they stand for. Uh, they don't want to get rid of police. They think that most people in jail probably deserve to be there, right? Let's, let's be honest. (laughs) They're probably criminals and they deserve to be there. Um, and they made a choice like, yeah, there's poor people everywhere, but it's also a choice that you commit a crime. So just because more black people are incarcerated does not mean our justice system is discriminatory. 
you know, if you look at, you know, per capita, or if you look at rates of, of crime, you know, uh, and you control for race. So, um, anyways, uh, that was a, a very side tangent I, um, that I did there. But I really wanted to talk about how uh, these arguments that this professor uh, makes, he's probably retired now, but this, these arguments that he makes against reparations, I think are very, very good. And I think would resonate with a lot of people. Uh, but yet a lot of these arguments, and, and he says in his outset, is that there's, there's some that are offensive, there's some that are just uh, uh, rude, and then there's the flat out shocking, which he does get into you know, IQ and race, which offends a lot of people. Uh, but, but if you are, if you are telling white people that they owe you and you were to bring this case to court, which I think that black people, they shouldn't be just be allowed, right, to pass reparations through government, a law. They should have to act because they're accusing people of harming them. They're, they're, they're wanting reparations or wanting, you know, payment to be made for supposed quote-unquote harm that was done to them they they need to bring their case to a court of law present their case to a judge and jury and you know what if 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 they're gonna be on the offensive then then somebody who represents white people today who are the taxpayer today who has to pay them should should be able to have a defense and should be able to present any argument they deem necessary to fight against this idea that whites owe them reparations and should have to pay up. And so if you know what, if you want to bring in race and IQ, you know, statistics, you should be able to do this. And for the other side to say that's not allowed because you're racist is a bunch of bullshit, right? No one would say that in a court of law. They would allow in the argument. They would allow in the evidence and say, this person has a right to defense. You're accusing them, you know, of, of harming you and you're demanding reparations for the supposed harm, we should, we should be able to, to defend ourselves with any argument we deem, you know, uh, as, as, you know, a legitimate argument. We should, you know, and if the others, if the judge or the jury wants to say that's not legitimate, then let them say that's not a good reason, but at least let us present our case. But by blocking us, by YouTube taking down these arguments, you know, saying, oh, well, you can't, you can't bring that in as a legitimate argument to defend yourself. You are disarming us in our ability to, to make a legitimate defense. And the idea that, that we can't bring in certain arguments because they're offensive to black people, right, is ridiculous. I mean, you're accusing us of a harm. You're telling us to pay up. And you're then telling me that I can't make an argument in my own defense. It's ridiculous. Uh, and it just shows that they're trying to strong, you know, strong arm us into just giving in to this, this, this argument where we over reparations, we're not even allowed to uh, present um, the best possible defense that we can possibly mount, right? Because it might offend some black people, right? And uh, that's why I, I would like to uh, present this uh, great lecture that I found. And to be honest, there's not a whole lot of white people, right? Uh, that are willing to make these arguments. And we all know why. We all know why is because, you know, the because the other side just tries to shut you down with these racist comments. But again, you're basically telling me that I owe you, right? I owe you reparations, and I'm not allowed to defend myself. 
I do not concede any of that. That's a bunch of BS. It's a bunch of BS. And, uh, anyways, <laughs> I got way too, uh, into that rant there, but, but I'm going to do, I'm going to probably, um, record this lecture. The next step is to record this lecture, uh, in a private, in a private, uh, call-in where I hope that, you know, the audio is, is good. Cause I think, again, I'll just repeat that. I think that whenever somebody called in somehow the audio, um, it would mute and I don't know why, but, uh, yeah, if anyone knows how to, how to do clips, and really long clips and call in. I know people who, <laughs> who have, who have before, I don't know how they do it, but you know, maybe that's just, that's just me. That's my mistake, but that's, that's my plan. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, and if you have any comments or questions, I see one listener, feel free to ask. If not, I'll just, um, I'll just go ahead and leave it here. Um, so thanks for, thanks for tuning in and, uh, yeah, look out for that lecture. And again, I'm not going to tell you who it is, who, who the lecture is, because I don't want somebody who doesn't like what I'm saying to go go complain to YouTube. Uh, but if you really are curious, um, send me a DM and I will tell you the name of the guy who gave this, this lecture. All right.